What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? What is up and welcome back to another installment of the Rufus Rundown. It's your boy Rufus. And, um, I already am dropping one episode today, but I figured I'd give you guys another bonus episode. It's an interview with the one and only, the legendary, Chris Santos. Chris Santos, great friend of mine, great great friend of the family. Uh, my broadcasting partner with New Bedford Cable. Um, I had a school project to do that involved like career analysis and such and you know i want to become a broadcaster i want to get into you know sports talk and stuff so i interviewed chris and then what he does and what his advice would be and all kinds of stuff like that it was for a school project but i figured i'd kill two birds with one stone make that interview able to you know be used in a podcast so obviously there's gonna be more events where i'm gonna have chris on the podcast in the future and i'm really looking forward to that but this one is a little bonus episode i'm throwing in with the zach patello interview it's a really big push for a lot of the new content I'm going to be bringing out. So double upload, double content day, little bonus episode. I really hope you guys enjoy it. So sit back, relax, and tune in to this great interview with the one and only, the legendary Chris Santos. So I'll start off with the first question is, uh, what are your typical duties and responsibilities as a broadcaster for New Bedford Local Cable? So when I show up, obviously I have to have my research um, developed as I get to the game on both teams. So it's not just spur of the moment talk. So you have to make sure that you're researching the, you know, both teams or the games that you're doing. Then when you get there, you meet with your director and then you go over uh, a little bit of the starting lineups and get all the information, maybe get some pre-games from some coaches and then go over with uh, your colleagues and then obviously get ready for the start of the game. Now. When you're doing your job, what do you find them like? What do you like best about doing what you do when you're calling games, either on the radio for the Bay Sox or calling high school games for the for Bedford High School? Well, you got to be passionate about what you do, um, and I'm passionate for sports, and it doesn't matter, um, you know, what what teams out there. You want to obviously look for the best of it. Uh, sometimes it's difficult when um, you know the game might be a blowout or something's not going the way you want it, uh, but you have to make the most of it, and obviously you have to be biased and. Uh, when it's both teams, you just can't be, you know, talking about one specific. You have to use both. Um, so I think that's kind of the biggest challenge. But I think being passionate about, you know, the game itself and, and what you know about it is really important. Now, how did you originally get into broadcasting for local cable and doing the radio stuff that you do? Yeah, that's a funny situation there. Yeah, I'm a, uh, also a physical education teacher, and um, I was approached by one of the people who lead the New Bedford Cable Network and asked me if I would be interested in applying. They had a broadcasting spot available, and they knew I had some background doing some high school games, um, not broadcasting, but more of the high school sports, um, doing some on-game sites. And then um, they heard me and thought I would be a good fit, and so I applied and said, yeah, I thought this would be a good idea, and then they ended up hiring me, and I, I've been there ever since for about uh, 15 years now. So what has the path been like? It's just kind of been straightforward with from where you started to... Yeah, I, I don't have the college background or the broadcasting experience maybe a lot of the other people uh, have. So for me, it was a trial by basis. Uh, talk to a few good guys who are in the field. Uh, try to get some information from them to help me out when I get there. What to look for, not what to look for. And uh, a lot of guys have helped me out in the past. So it's, it's really... Um, blossom my career by listening to some of them and I think I think it's good to talk to other people 
and you know you have your own style but it's nice to see what other people think what do you wish you had known like is there anything you wish you had known prior going into the field anything that you any prior knowledge i mean obviously you have a well-rounded background in sports you played sports you coach sports everything like that so obviously like for anybody else entering the field it's more of a plus to obviously have that side of having the prior knowledge before going into that field yeah well i I think the schooling probably would have helped me um it would it would have taught me a little bit more uh about the history of of broadcasting uh and obviously develop a little bit more relationship with the people you work with sometimes there's some technical difficulties and you have to figure out maybe can kind of help them uh, along the way and not always rely on on someone to do the work for you but uh, so some of that background might have been a little bit uh, important for me to have. Obviously, they were looking for someone at the spur of the moment, and, and I was available to do it. So I, I think the schooling would have, would have been really uh, important for me, whether it had been like an ITT school or, or just a four-year college school in broadcasting. Now, how much focus now that do you put on between the job itself and like the data and whatnot before? And like how much emphasis do you have on... In terms of like what percentage to separate, how much of a focus do you put on like the prior knowledge you have as opposed to what's actually going on in the game? Obviously, yeah, um, that's a good question. You know, it's good to research, as I said, going up to your performance. So you know, usually that morning or that afternoon, if I got a night game or even the day before, I kind of get some background and what kind of an introduction I want to start into, uh, or if I'm doing the color, if my play-by-play partner is doing something. I want to kind of get ready to feed off of him, kind of expect what he's going to say. Uh, sometimes we'll call each other and discuss it a little bit, uh, especially if we think it's a big, important game, uh, something that's on the line, maybe to win a division or, or a Super Bowl or something that's really big. So obviously I think the background and the research to know about coaches, teams from the starting player to the worst player, you know, it's the, probably just it's as, probably just as important itself, yeah. Yeah, than the game itself. And when you get into the game, Obviously, you don't know what's going to happen, so that's some of that. Some of that stuff is like spur of the moment, and uh, you're not sure, but you, you at least lead up to it, and you're ready for it when it comes up. Now, do you have any like distinct games that stand out that you've called, like big games, like Thanksgiving Day games, or anything like, distinct, like a top three of games that you really remember and enjoyed calling? Oh, sure. I mean, there's tons of the, you know, there's tons of those. Uh, you'll get some overtime thrillers uh, I've had in basketball. Uh, yeah, I've had some um, football games where a team's undefeated season's on the line and it comes down to the last play of the game, things like that. Again, as you said, we've had some great Thanksgiving Day games where I've actually been um, not up in the booth but on the field and you're going live and you're talking to coaches at half at the end of the game, maybe get some insight uh, in between um, quarters, things like that. So, uh, yeah, that, that always you know that always comes in the back of your head. Uh, what you like about the job, that's for sure. And yeah, you've done some different things like doing the on-field stuff then yeah. that you've obviously been up in the booth. You've done color, yep. play-by-play. Is there yep. a preference that you have or is it just kind of like whenever you show up, you're just kind of ready to do whichever, whatever they need you to do, you're just kind of ready to step into the role? Do you have yeah, like I mean, I, you're you ready to step, step in the role and, and you know, sometimes uh, things happen and, and you have to adapt and, and be ready for it. I like the color, personally. I like the feed-off, uh, the play-by-play guy. Uh, and then just, just go with the flow of what's going on in the game. I, I kind of enjoy that because sometimes with the play-by-play, you just get locked in on names and numbers. You yeah. know what I mean? You, you, you're focusing more on that uh, than you are really about the game. And, and I like to enjoy 
the game that I'm watching. The game and being able to break it down yeah. from the standpoint of being an athlete, having been a coach, being Correct. able to look into the game and really allow other people to understand if they don't. Yeah, exactly or, or what, what went on. What and the how, coach was thinking yeah. then, uh, what I might have been thinking, uh, you know, kind of let the crowd uh, who's listening or watching get a different idea of uh, maybe something different uh, or maybe something that they thought, hey, you know what, he's right. I would have done the same thing. Things like that. Now, um, is in terms of, obviously, New Bedford Cable's been great. It's been, it's been great to me. Are there any other organizations you've ever really worked with outside of the, like the New Bedford Broadcasting uh, Organization? Uh, I did a little bit the, the, with the uh, DCTV, which is Dartmouth uh, Cable. Uh, I had started with them a long time ago when I was in high school, and they came to uh, our games. And then I was the um, introduction of the players and had my own microphone, and I was doing it as a senior in high school. So I started to get along uh, a little bit with those guys. And then as I came back home after college, I knew a few of the friends, and once in a while when they needed someone, they'd call me up and say, you feel like filling in? I said, sure, I'll fill in for you guys. So I would uh, help them out, done a couple of high school football games, things like that. And then as I continued on with my teaching in physical education, when this came up, uh, the New Bedford Cable, it was a no-brainer for me to jump right on it. Now, as if there's any young people looking to get into the field at like a young age, say, you know, middle of high school, trying to figure out what they want to do, and they want to start you know, getting into broadcasting, what would what advice would you give to them? Like, what kind of building blocks would you tell them to build on and focus on now and how to go really about getting into it? Yeah, well, with so much, you know, uh, technology in today's world, you know, you, you have a lot in front of you where you can look up, like on YouTube or whatever you can find, different people who are broadcasters. When I was a kid, I used to watch Howard Cosell and try to copy him. Johnny Most from the Celtics and try to copy him. And, and, you know, and try to grasp a little bit of the style. I think that's something kids today could learn, see what other people do, as well as, of course, we just talked about the research, you know, know the background of teams. Obviously, schooling, very important. Uh, you know, stick with that. If you have to go on afterwards uh, from four years to a master's program, get the schooling in, and then hopefully it turns into something big for you. Um, but don't be afraid to uh, go out there and sell yourself. You know, promote yourself, think positive. Hey, I, I can do this role, um, even if it's the smallest of jobs, and then obviously work your way up to the largest of the job. I don't still think there's too much of a small job in broadcasting. You know, you, you're still talking, you're still commentating. Doesn't matter if it's a Pee Wee League game up to a Major League Baseball game. It's, it's, it's something that's a passion for you. Stick with it and, um, you know, work your way up. And I know, I know locally, I think it's either Providence or Connecticut, there's a broadcasting school, like a night school that you can go to. I know Dan Patrick has an online school now called Full Sail University. It's a way to break down if you want to either be in the TV truck or any type of communication involved. It really does show you how to become a better broadcaster and stuff like that. And there's plenty of guys out there now, like Doc Emmerich is one of my favorites and stuff like just watching sports or paying attention to what they're saying. If you Not just watching the game, but being able to understand from, from you know looking at it in terms of someone who's trying to get into broadcasting. You know, listening to what they say and the energy they bring and different sayings. I know Doc Emmerich is able to bring, you know, different elements of different sports in and stuff just to kind of, it hits differently with different crowds of people. And I know, like, I've got a lot of my practice when I, I could be playing, you know, NBA upstairs, like video games, like NBA 2K and stuff like that. Like, I would commentate myself on the video game or even just, you know, you can take the TV, put it on mute, commentate over that. There's plenty of ways to get practice and get better at 
certain things because it's just it's just talking about something that you enjoy. Yeah, and and that means it comes natural. And, and that's what you want when you become a broadcaster. And that's why schooling is very important. So you have the right phrases. You're doing your sentencing correctly. You're not stuttering or ah, 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 and, and you're not sure what to say. It kind of just flows and it comes right out, uh, obviously, from your brain to your mouth. And, you, you know, you make your speech the way it's supposed to be. So um, that's something for me that, yeah, I wish I had a little bit more background on uh, in the schooling department. Might have made it a little bit easier as well as what the guys do in the truck. Mm -hmm. So when there is problems or technical difficulties, you can help out or you know what's going on uh, and you're able to figure some things out to help you along the way. So um, you know, start at an early age and, and, obviously and the, go from there. Obviously, the more you do it, the better you're going to get. It doesn't I think really, so. It doesn't matter if it's a live game or, like I said, if it's a, you can go back and watch yeah. old 1980s NBA games. It doesn't really matter what it is as long as you're getting the pra into the practice of doing it and trying to do it live. And so like you said, sentence structure and just having that personal addition to it too. I mean, obviously it helps if, you know, it could be people that are trying to get into radio and stuff too. If you have a passion about music, if you have a passion about... Yeah, and create about... your own style. You know, you, you, may, you may be just a play-by-play -play guy. You may be just a color guy. You could be both. You know, it, it depends on, on your situation. Whatever you're comfortable on, with. on whatever's convenient for you. And, and hopefully uh, by that time, you'll know you know, what you really want to do and, and how it is. But it's nice to know the other parts as well when, you, you know, you have to fill in uh, and, and do it. So it kind of gives you a little bit of, you know, a little momentum, a little confidence to say, hey, if I can do that, then I can do this well, one too. I, I compare it too to like me. You know, like when I played football, I didn't just know what I was supposed to do on a set play. I knew what everybody what was supposed to do on sure. a set play. And that makes it easier for you to do things and adjust on the fly yeah. and make adjustments when you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, broadcasting obviously different than a football game, but obviously stuff can go wrong and things can change on the fly and being able to adjust and have fill, jump into different rules makes it easier on everybody else and obviously it challenges yourself too but it allows you to be more of a valuable person to whatever team that you might be you know working on whether uh, it be totally agree and it's just like watching a game i mean it's not only do you know about the offense you must know about the defense the special teams the kicking game you, you know you got to know what the coaches are thinking what the quarterback might have been all the different things that go along with the game so you really have to do your homework with the sport or the activity that's going on that you're uh, announcing. And um, like I said, you just have to have the confidence in yourself to know that you're able to do it. Another thing, too, is there, I mean, obviously the high school level different, but in terms of just like, you know, understanding sports as it is and, you know, people trying to build it up maybe higher than high school or whatever, the introduction of a lot of analytics and like mm -hmm. sabermetrics and stuff, obviously that's a, it'd be a plus for, especially a color person, to understand a lot of what the analytics and sabermetrics mean yep. as especially coming up as a younger person because it's a lot of what coaches and front offices focus on in terms of it. So it'd be better for a commentator to understand. Yeah. If your exactly. cable network can help you out in any way, uh, obviously to get that to you, uh, number one, number two, obviously you could research some of that to help you along the way, but you want to see it in front of you when it comes up on a certain play. So you can commentate on it and obviously, People who are watching it can see in front, you know, and, and what came up. If just for a quick example, if a quarterback happened to be and you don't really, you know, you're watching what's going on, but the next thing you know, he's 19 for 20, and you didn't know he was 19 for 20. You know what I mean? But you saw an, uh, something that comes up and say, "Hey, right now Brady's 19 for 20." You know, obviously, how you're going to respond to that, and and you figure out from there how to encourage to, and promote it and and to keep it going, so everyone who's watching gets excited about the moment. And, you know, those things, uh, 
or something you build on and you work with your company or whoever it's with and you have a good relationship with them and you know and can say to them, hey, I would really like this today. For example, we used to do before a basketball game the three keys to winning this game. And it would come up and it would say my name, his three keys to winning the game, number one, number two, number three. And then I would comment on each one of them. And then we would see how it would entail during the game. So, you know, you started to know um, the people and they, they liked it and they wanted to do it. And people would come up to you and say, hey, I like that what you were talking about, the three keys to the game. And sometimes it works for you, sometimes it didn't. But uh, it, it was fun along the way to, to, to try to get it out there. So people would follow the game even more. And obviously stuff like that, it helps to have that personal relationship with coaches and players and stuff too to kind of understand either like side story, especially as a color person too, to be able to add uh, working in the weight room in the offseason. I mean, not everybody that's going to be watching is going to know that, but if you can bring that to the table obviously and relate it to whatever's going on in the game, it just adds that extra you know, detail to, to that color to the game. Well, the home team starts to know you. You know, the coach knows, oh, here comes, you know, here comes uh, Chris again. Hey, hey, Chris, how you doing? And, you know, you introduce yourself again. Sometimes you record things. Sometimes you write it down. Sometimes you just memorize it. But the coach knows, say, hey, he's part of uh, the company you're working for. Oh, I'm ready to talk to him. Sometimes he can't talk to you. He's so... Uh, so and, and they still have a job to do at the same time. You know, he's got something that he just says, hey, I just can't do it right now. You know, go see my assistant or talk to the people who, who are working the game. And, and, and that happens. And so you just have to adapt. You feed off of it and then you move on. But, uh, yeah, it's nice to have that, especially with the home teams. And you, you kind of get focused. And, and sometimes you get a little bit of the quirks and maybe the system will come over and say, you know, hey, watch out for this today. I think we're going to try this. And, and most of the time it does. So it, it's nice to know those guys. Now, if there's one thing you would like to build on, like if there's one thing that you'd like to give a shot to, or I know you'd mentioned before trying to, like coverage for the Gateman would be some like nice thing. Is there, if there's yeah. one thing that you'd like to push forward for maybe expansion to that you think would be beneficial, what do you think that would be? For the New Bedford Cable Network? Yes. Yeah. Um, or just for yourself as a, as a person, as uh, a well, well, for them, uh, obviously, um, continuing with baseball, looks like we're going to lose the Bay Sox this year. Um but the Gateman would be nice. Uh, at the same time, uh, for me personally, it, it's difficult to say, but I like the speed of the game. And sometimes when you're doing some high school, it's very slow, and, and I like it a little bit faster pace. And so sometimes even just to find maybe a, a college or two that might be looking to hire a guy on the side and say, hey, come on in. I'd like to see what that would be like, just to see the difference and how I could handle it. So um, that that's something that would be personal for me. Um, and even if it went further than that, that would be wonderful. But uh, I, I'm realistic to know that uh, I'm, I'm set right now where I am. But if something else came up, um, I, I would look into it, definitely in the college or, or even the, the semi-pro level. Now, obviously, you had mentioned a couple of the announcers that you kind of, like, modeled yeah. and kind of, like, now, do you have, like, your, your, your favorite right now? Like, who, who would you say your favorite announcer is right now? And then give a couple of, like, your favorites, like, throughout your life that you really enjoyed listening to. Well, you to. mentioned, obviously, first, that I, I think Doc Emmerich is, I think out, he's is the, outstanding. I think, he's, I think he's the best, that, best uh, around right now. In hockey. I, I really do. Um, he, he's tremendous. Uh, I actually like, and I know a lot of people don't, I actually like Tony Romo. I think he's a very good analytic uh, of the game knows what's happening, knows what's coming up, and some people don't like it and they don't want to hear that. But for me, I do because I'm in that field and uh, I, I like what he sees. Uh, so that's interesting how he does. 
Uh, obviously, there's the comical side of it. Like I said earlier in this broadcast, I thought Howard Cosell uh, was the man when I was a kid. Muhammad Ali was obviously with him a lot, and he, he would really bring out Cosell in, in, in such a way. And then, of course, we I said Johnny Most uh, of the Celtics uh, in the past also uh, was a fun guy to listen to. He you know He really took it to the game, as much as like um, Cusick. Uh, for the Bruins when he used to do it because we obviously that was our local channels and we used to listen to them. So those guys were uh, fun to listen to. But, you know, there'd be off days and, and I can remember even just talking to some people just fooling around in a, in a Howard Cosell voice or a Johnny Mo, Most voice just to kind of, you know, practice and, and get into it. But you, you'll get your own when, when you get there and you'll enjoy it. And I think, obviously, having a partner that you know and can enjoy company with too is obviously a plus too. Like, Look no further than when Jerry Remy and Don Arcillo were there. I mean, baseball isn't exactly at all times the most exciting sport in the world, mm-hmm. but there was never a dull moment on those broadcasts where there'd be times where there wasn't even words being said during the middle of pitches because these guys were trying so hard to just bite their tongues and not laugh and couldn't actually get anything out. Obviously, different sports, you know, there's different ways of entertaining, but uh, guys like Pat McAfee and stuff like that, they, have diff- they bring different elements to the table. Like you said, you kind of just develop into your own kind of you do, and unfortunately, there's some downtimes, and you have to figure out uh, how to keep uh, the broadcast alive. And you and your partner have to find a way to get that done. Um, I, I've done it with you uh, already in the past. I've done it with um, the guys that I, I work with. Um, they're great guys, and we, we kind of find a way to get some humor into that and where it's not dull. As well. And then you kind of, as long as you relate to something that your partner knows, and if you can do that, then it usually works out. In which, good. obviously, the theme coming along, a lot of it, a lot of it just comes with time in practice. Yeah. The more you do it, the more you work with people, the more yeah. you work with the company and communicate and build that trust and ability between people. The more relationships you build between that, obviously, the more smoothly everything's going to run across. Over yeah, and time. it's and it's just not your partner on the on the broadcast. It's it's the people in the truck. Yes. It's the people that your directors. It's it's all uh, the people who are running it. Um, the cameramen. And so they have to follow along if I said something specifically and they leave from the game and they go on maybe a fan who's fooling around in the audience. And, you know, they have to make sure that they're going to do that with you. So it all has to gel and work together. Yeah, I remember there's times where the fans would start. I remember at the vote game, the, the whole fan section had a bad call, started chanting BS and stuff like that. You can kind of, you know, and I was like, well, obviously the fans not too keen on that not not too happy with that call it's just a little like humor that you can add yeah. like that and obviously coach Wildick's a pretty energetic guy on the yep. sidelines too so there's obviously yep. I mean when you know certain injuries happen and stuff they kind of try and follow away like with the cameras sometimes and kind of see exactly what happened on the replay and sure. stuff so a lot of that I mean there's not one there's not a job that's not as important as the next I mean we're just doing one thing as announcers that we yep. enjoy doing and that might be our best quality is being able to announce but Obviously, the cameraman and everybody in the truck just as important to, because if there was no cameraman to film, what are we commentating on? You right. know, it'd just be it'd just be radio. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be the TV that we do. Yeah, New Bedford, they do a good job. We got a we got a good group of guys, um, you know, that really uh, get energetic about it. We we have some fun. We have some laughs, uh, some crazy characters, and and we we just go with the flow. And it's been a good good fifteen years doing it. Uh, I've I've enjoyed it a lot. Now, how have you, how much has the field, like, the field really changed a lot since you've entered it, now in terms of, like, personally looking at it, and then broadcasting as a whole in, like, sports, like, uh, 
media in terms of personality stuff, have you seen it change from when you were first like really getting into it as opposed to like now? Well, I think what uh, has changed has been um, the upgrades in the technology. So our director may come to us and say, hey, we now just bought this and this is what we can do with it. Let's use it and let's get it into the broadcast. <clears throat> so whether it's a, uh, a specific replay Maybe it's uh, the game going on and the replay on, on the, in the corner. You know, there's all new technology uh, that comes out, better headsets, uh, better volume, um, things to that where it really has helped uh, each game that we've done live. And as long as they let us know in advance that this is what's coming up, we try to incorporate it uh, inside um, our, our broadcast. And the guys have been very good with that. And he, they'll be the first one to come and say, hey, you know, we spent some money on this. We'd really like to include this. And, and you know, we're all for it. And we're like, yeah, more the merrier. So whatever we can get in. And it's been good. And then in terms of, like, actually like a broader, like, national media scale, obviously, with technology being one thing. But Oh, yeah, they have it all. And, and, you know, and so obviously, depending on the sport. But if you're talking the big guys in the NFL or the Major League Baseball, they have everything already for them. I mean, by the time they get up to the booth, they might have their own little paperwork, but just look in the booth and you just look around and see what they have compared to what maybe a little small, little local company yes. does. It, it's totally different. It's, obviously, it's the, big. the two things that I get out of it, obviously the analytics, analytics being a big change in terms of what they bring to the broadcast production in terms of what they can bring statistically and understanding it. I'm really into the, the analytical side of things and understanding it. And the other thing too is the scrutiny a lot of times. A lot of people in the sports media now heavily scrutinized in terms of like a na in terms of like a national standpoint, obviously not us. We're not really that scrutinized, mm -hmm. but in terms of like that national of a lot of people that you know they're on ESPN and such of a lot of it being more politicized now than just the sports and the broadcast and the production itself. Agree. They you know it's like um, like anything else. The bigger the sport, the faster you can get ridiculed, <laughs> and um, whether it's the media who's going to kill you whether it's the public who's going to kill you. And you have to have a backbone. You have to have a spine. You have to take it. Uh, whether you're good at it, whether you're not, as long as you know to yourself, I'm doing this broadcast, they're hired me, you do the best of your ability. And, and there's a lot of broadcasters that the media doesn't like uh, and the public may not like, but they're still in there and they're, they're still working hard and doing their job. Um, doesn't mean everybody, but... Most of the time, you're going to get the negative than you are the positive, and, and unfortunately for them, that that's today's society. So you you have to, you know, stand your ground and and keep doing what you're doing and push on no matter what happens. Um, that's just part of the game. That's the nature of the game. Now to finish it off, Chris, if yeah. there is one sporting event that you had to Ooh. that you were to commentate on, you get one sporting event to pick. Now you can now it can just be like a certain game, like a Super Bowl or a Stanley Cup. Or if you wanted to even go back in time and there's a specific game that you wanted to call. You had wow. one game to call, whether it be just any Super Bowl or one specific Super Bowl, what would that be? Wow, that's a that's a great question. Oh. Hmm. Wow. Um probably Yeah, it, it would probably have to be uh, be a, a Super Bowl game. Um one that was um you know, not a blowout, something that was really close, really tight, comes down to the end, 
Uh, you can think of uh, when McNair dove to try to make it and he didn't get in. You can think of maybe a missed field goal at the end. Any uh, of the Buffalo, Buffalo, like any of the Buffalo Bill, yeah. Yeah, uh, that one kind of there. Um, the one with the... The Falcons you know, and the Patriots. That one there, the comeback there. The, the Russell Wilson uh, through the interception uh, and the Patriots picked it off. Uh, games like that uh, at the cream of the, the crop, which is obviously the Super Bowl, uh, would be really exciting. Uh, NHL, Game 7s, uh, go to overtime, things like that, and you get one of those kind of games. And um, I, I think those would be really uh, fun to do, I think uh, even, even the NBA. I think even Fist, even the Fist game is one of the ones that comes yeah, out. Yeah, one of those, you know. There's, really, there's so, yeah. obviously so many games that so tough many. to pick. Joe like, Cott is, uh, yeah. you, know, the, you know, different different things that I could really go back and, and, and sit back and go, wow, uh, that, that would have been fun to do. Just kind of um, like the Joe Buck making the same call as his father did when David Freeze will see you tomorrow night and yep. stuff like that. How this like yep. that cool stuff just come from the, the call itself is cool, it, and it doesn't, but it doesn't overtake the moment. It just kind of culminates together in these great moments. I think that that's one of the cool things about broadcasting is that when you become good enough at what you do, you it's not just the moment. It, you you they become enshrined with the moment. That call yep. becomes. Yeah, that the call that goes along with the moment just becomes the history itself. You know, you just hear you when you hear a certain call, when you see a certain play, you hear that call now, just because of how it culminates together. Yeah, we we've talked about this before on the side. Obviously, one of my favorites is obviously, do you believe in miracles? And and which is the 1980 U.S. Olympic team. And just to hear Al Michaels, who I think is a another great sports announcer, um, that always comes to my mind when you when you talk things like that. Uh, about the at the moment, you know how you come up with certain announcements. Uh, we, we talk about the Masters. Uh, Nicholas makes a putt, and you hear uh, Vern Lundquist with the "Yes, sir," as he makes it and ends up winning the Masters at uh, 46 years old. Of uh, was pretty impressive as well. So those things that come up, and it's a spur of the moment thing. You know they don't know it's coming. Nobody knows it's coming. It's just one of those. And, and if you're lucky to be involved in something like that, then you've really seen something magical. I, I, I get a kick out of now as the NBA during the finals and Ray Allen hit the three, the bang and the bang. And yeah. now, now he just sticks to that. And you kind of get the specifics with Tony Romo being able to predict plays before they happen and exactly that play exactly happening. But obviously, like you said, having the passion provides that emotion to make the, the moment even more special for you calling it. Yeah. And then obviously... The, for the players, you know, in that moment as well, too. And the emotion just culminates into, you know, just a moment in history. It's really something I watch at SB Nation all the time. They have YouTube videos, just the, the rewinder to this moment in history. They break down everything mm-hmm. and leading up to that exact, like, specific moment, like an AI stepping over Tyron Lue or certain walk-offs and whatnot. Just, you know, how much these guys put into it. Everybody else involved that's producing that is putting that same type of passion into it. It's just a different, you know, obviously it's a different role. I've been trying to find um, all the major sports, someone specifically in that sport, then I can kind of relate to. And so um, whether it's, um, like I said, Romo, maybe specifically, um, and I, and I kind of look at what they do well, in my opinion. And then, obviously, I don't copy it because I think you have to have your own style, but you kind of maybe incorporate some of it in, uh, into some of your broadcasting. I think I try to do the same thing with Doc Emmerich uh, if I happen to do a hockey game uh, and try to see some of them things that say, hey, that's a good phrase to use instead of saying it this way. Maybe I could use that inside the broadcast. 
uh, things like that. So I've, I've tried to look at uh, different announcers in, in the major sports and then try to incorporate into my, I think that's a good thing to do, uh, to study some of the, the great names. Um, and then, then hopefully you can like use bits and pieces of their information inside your broadcast. Now, do you have, I guess I'll finish off with this. Do you have sure. a favorite fictional announcer, like a, uh, from a fictional movie, like a character in a movie, like a Harry Doyle? Um, that, yeah, yeah, that no, that's a good one. Yeah, and then that would that, that would be one to like stop. Like John right Candy there. and Rookie of the Year. Like, yeah, of your favorite. Oh sure, fictional yeah. announcers throughout. You know, <laughs> well, you know, and even in those, um, like a Harry Doyle, uh, a Bob Uecker, it's an improv. You know, they're they're basically making it up as they go. Nothing is said to them, and the director says, "Hey, just go off of this and see what happens." Guys who can do that, that's pretty impressive. Uh, and, and, and that's a good one right there, uh, Harry Doyle, uh, to say, because to listen to Yuka, and you say, wow, you know, the director made a good job of coming up with words, and you sit back and you go, oh, no, he didn't. It was actually Bob Yuka uh, who did that. So uh, guys who can make fun uh, and, and make the movie inspiring, and that's a good one. The replacements, too. They had, um, who was it on the cast and the replacements? Um, coaching me? Was it, John, John, was it John Madden on the broadcast? John, yeah, John, John Madden, Madden yeah, with Pat Summerall. And so, yeah, that, that would have made it good, too. Um, and so he can use his instant replay, and, and he did some things with that. And But again, it, a lot of that probably made up on their own. And, and I think having that shows what kind of performer that person is as a broadcaster and, and how great he was. And it shows what kind of skill set you have. Yeah. It's not just sports. It's, it's, it, 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 there's a lot of stuff that comes into it yeah. that obviously – is just built up over time. And as long as you continue to possess that passion and progress through and just get better at your trade yep. for anybody trying to get into the field, it's obviously a building process just as anything else is. But as long as you possess that passion and are willing to commit to a process over time, you're going to be successful. I totally agree with you there. And uh, obviously uh, it starts at an early age and you get your schooling in and you, you, you do your work. You should have no problem uh, being a great announcer. Well, that's all the time we have here. Chris, I thank you for sitting down with me for this interview. A pleasure, uh, Lucas. Uh, obviously, good luck in, in your broadcasting career. I know you're just starting out, but I, I expect nothing but great things from you and, and hope nothing but the best. Thank you, guys. It's been uh, our time in the Rufus Rundown with Chris Santos. I will catch you guys another time. Bang. Bang.